Hello, and welcome to the disability myth. My name is Dominic, and I live with a fatal disease called spinal muscular atrophy. Together, my amazing caretaker, co-host, and best friend, Uriel and I, plan to debunk misconceptions, share our personal experiences, and shatter your expectations. But we're not stopping there. We're bringing in experts, thought leaders, and everyday people who are smashing through societal barriers, paving the way for a more inclusive world. Whether you're tuning in to learn, empathize, or simply to be entertained, the show promises to be an eye-opening experience that transcends boundaries. Because when it comes down to it, what makes us different is what makes us extraordinary. Welcome back to another episode of the Disability Myth. I am, of course, your handsome and humble host, Dominic Trevithan. Alongside me, as always, is the equally handsome and humble, Uriel. How you doing today, man? I'm I'm good. I'm swell. We, I'm nice. really excited. We got a we got a really cool guest today. We Ooh. got a really cool guest. We really landed a big fish with this one. I am extremely excited to announce that our special guest for today is Steve Ferreira, CEO of Beyond Disabilities, as well as an international medal earning athlete. So, Steve, welcome on to the show. Before we get into today's myth, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I, I, I think a good starting point would maybe be like all the, the medals that you might have. If you want to talk about that a little, that'd be cool. First off, thank you so much for having me on here. So um, I've done sports since a young age. I started when I was five years old, played numerous sports, but the sport I really enjoy to do is track and field. My first year of track and field was in 2007, and the coach at that time looked at me and they said, we have a secret weapon on our <laughs> hands. So the first year I broke three national and American records, I competed in international wheelchair and amputee sports games in 2009 and 2010, competed in Switzerland in Czech Republic, and I earned a gold medal in the Czech Republic in the that's awesome i can't even imagine like what a chad what an absolute unit uh, would would you say that was is discus your main oh uh, um, well, well since they changed the rules they took discus out of my classification so i only Throw, shot put, and club throw. Club throw is like a mini bowling pin where you just try to chuck as hard as you can. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, like it's like a little, it's a bowling pin. They're really cool. They really look like a club. 
That's cool. Yeah. Kind of like a rolling pin almost, kind of. One time I was so frustrated at a competition and my throwing out of belt, it almost hit a official on the head. Oh, jeez. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, Before right. I jump into this uh, next question, I just want to, like, you know, kind of mention this before we go too far into the episode. Uh, I want to confirm it. You you live with cerebral palsy, correct? Yes. Okay. So my question is, how do you go around competing despite your cerebral palsy? What are your little, what are the little things you do that may maybe other athletes don't do because they don't have to think about those things? So the thing is that people don't realize even though I am a wheelchair user and I have cerebral palsy, my wheelchair is just how I get around. It doesn't define who I am. And there are different levels of cerebral palsy. So some levels are more severe, some are less severe. I am able to work out my lower and upper body when I go to my local gym and when I'm holding on to like a Smith machine or anything that keeps me steady, I'm in full control. I may shake, but that's who I am. Wow. That's really cool. Excellent. Yeah. I got to take some tips from you. I'm pretty out of shape. (laughs) (laughs) I'll train you when I'm down in Santa Barbara. Sounds like a plan. (laughs) Um, So you had mentioned you started competing at the age of five. At what moment, or sorry, sports at five, my bad. But when did you get bit by the sports bug? Like, oh, I really want to do this. I think sports has been always in my in my blood, but when I started to realize that I was more competitive was when I turned twelve because of my physical therapy turned into weight training and while doing research, the best thing to do with cerebral palsy was to lift weights. And when I was in in high school, my freshman year, I was benching 225. Damn. That's insane. Thank that's you. more than I did. That's like two. Of, <laughs> that's like two of me. <laughs> so, um, and in senior night, they have a award for athletes' business, 
in each row and drill all the athletes at my school. The teacher gave me the award for athletics because they said I went to the gym and had absolutely no excuses and I was ready to lift and work out and do my best. That's really cool. Um, I mean, oh, I wasn't even benching like, like 30 freshman years. I think I can bench like two pounds maybe on a good day. <laughs> three, three, like fresh out, fresh out of the bed, you know. If I, if I eat my Wheaties, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's a good amount of flexing to start off the episode. How about we jump into the topic of today? And the myth that we're going to talk about is this idea that people with disabilities are unable to start their own businesses. As the audience can probably tell, we have like the perfect person to kind of break down the fallacies behind this myth. Um, and obviously it's it's harmful because it goes hand in hand with the idea that people with disabilities are unable to work, right? The general assumption may be that we lack that sense of autonomy or agency needed to start and run a business. Um, you know, besides Steve though, I've seen people with even intellectual or developmental disabilities such as Down syndrome start and run their own businesses. Uh, the instant the example that comes to mind is actually a coffee shop I've never been to, unfortunately but I've read a lot about it online. It's called Biddy and Bo's Coffee Shop. And I think it's based in North Carolina. They opened in 2016 and they hired right off the bat, 19 people across the spectrum of disability, uh, which is just like crazy. Like it's unprecedented, you know? So we have instances like Steve and Biddy and Bo's Coffee Shop that, really show this myth is untrue. But my question for you, Steve, is why do you think people may fall into that pitfall that people with disabilities cannot start their own businesses? There's a difference when it comes to visible disability and invisible disability. When it comes to visible People assume that some people with disabilities are hopeless and they cannot look beyond the disability. But for invisible disability, it is easier to hide away what you're truly feeling, yet it's Always in the back of your mind, should I be true to everyone? Do I want to be looked at as different? But truth is, whether you're um, born with a physical disability or invisible disability, or you play a 
sport and get injured, you will experience some sort of disability in your lifetime, and you have to accept it on your own terms. That's a good point. So can you elaborate on that? How how do you go about accepting it on your own terms? Like, what does that mean to you? So accepting it on your own terms would be like, are you happy with who you are? Of course I am, because I was born for reasons. I have to find that reason of my success and prove to myself and others that I can do anything I put my mind to. I like it. I dig it. Dig it a lot. <laughs> Thank you. I agree. Totally. So um, with that being said, you obviously like talking about your experiences in your life as a person living with a disability, you like sharing your story and your truth. Um, and I think that's kind of why you started your business, right? Can you talk about that, how you started your business? So back in high school, when I was a, just a freshman of all of 15 years old, I got this amazing opportunity to attend a program called Challenge Day. Challenge Day is based in California and the mission is that every child should live in a world where they feel loved, safe, and celebrated. And this inspired me to begin my speaking career. That's awesome. What was it called again? Challenge Day? Yes. That's awesome. Okay. So uh, your website is called Beyond Disability. What does the statement mean to you personally? Beyond disabilities means that so for me personally that it means that even though you have some sort of obstacle or challenge, you can push past your disability or challenge to be successful no matter what. Some people will tell you, oh, you can't do that, you can't do this, but I use that as motivation to prove people wrong. Yeah, like... We'd be millionaires if we had, you know, a penny for every, any time that somebody told us, oh, I don't think you can do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is all dope because like, um, <clears throat> this goes like, well, yeah, it goes beyond disability, but it's the core is just the human spirit and like not to judge, you know, books yeah. by their cover just because somebody uh, can't walk doesn't mean they're they're just as capable as anyone else. It's like the the limits that you place on yourself. Right. And like yeah. it's really cool because uh the way Steve's describing it's just like, oh, so so yeah, I got cerebral palsy, right? But I still gotta do I still gotta make money. I still gotta do my thing. Yeah. Right. And like yeah. that's 
that's everybody regardless like, of anything literally like an embodiment of you know your your mind is more of a prison than your body right like yeah. you can literally do anything as long as you set out in action to accomplish that and work towards it right regardless of your physical ability and actually my model for my company is accomplish your goals at your own pace oh beautiful that's perfect that's, that's I like the that. next question yeah cool. yeah so okay you seem like you kind of have this uh whole business thing down pat what tips can you give to those looking to start their own business so for me personally you gotta find your passion develop your mission and vision then sit down and think of what name really resonates with you and it took me a while i put together a list of 10 names or something and we thought of seeing beyond disabilities at first but i'm like i i kind of want to be up higher towards the beginning of the alphabet so it got me thinking more than we dropped the word seeing and then we came up with beyond disabilities that's a big brain move high iq play right there <laughs> thank you okay earlier you talked about the difference between visible and invisible disabilities so obviously us living with visible disabilities impacts the way others may view us or perceive us right so my next question is what was it like personally for you to grow up with cerebral palsy what are what were your social interactions like starting your business and everything and so, sticks out growing up with cerebral palsy when i was younger was difficult but i learned at a young age to surround myself with people that cared about me and saw me for who i am not just my disability and i just some of those friends to this day are still my friends and they support me that's awesome yeah no, like, i have the same thing like with uriel you know we met um in high school back yeah 10 years ago now uh, pretty much 11 damn years boys, we're old yeah we're old. <laughs> damn <laughs> a couple of few, a few old bit. farts here on this podcast this right? 2014 at the latest right yeah yeah wow yeah so yeah, I I, lo I love that point though. You know, surrounding yourself with the right people is is so important for yeah. sure. That's why you know, like, I'm super grateful for Udi to be in my life because you know, not only is he my friend, but he's my caretaker too. So, 
it's uh it's not always what you know it's who you know <laughs> yeah this i think this is kind of like just a random question for the for the two of you so the people you associate with yourself accept you for who you are but i'm assuming at first it's a little difficult to connect with people that might not fully understand your disability and is it how's the process of getting closer to them and meeting that understanding so um for me since I'm a public figure I have a lot of people jump to conclusions instead of coming up and asking me X, Y, and Z. I'm not shy to answer anything but the misconceptions of he can't do blah, 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 and he looks homeless or hopeless because his appearance is not true. They're just creating false information instead of asking me first and knowing the real truth. Yeah, I think for I, I, I totally agree with you, Steve. I think for me personally, too, when I meet new people, um, it's important for me to decide, like, based off the initial interaction, if it's someone that I intend to become close with versus not. Because if it's someone I, I'm trying to, like, become closer with, become friends with, um, then I think personally I'll go out of my way to come off as quote-unquote normal. And I'll try to engage in behaviors that anybody would, like, when I say anybody, I guess I mean able-bodied people. And for me, it's just stuff like making jokes, um, using something to that's relatable for other people to connect them, connect with them using that. Uh, sometimes I think like when I go out with Uriel, sometimes we'll go to a bar or something and I'll get a beer. And I'm by, I'm by no means like an alcoholic or anything. Uh, Truthfully, I'm not like a huge fan of the way alcohol tastes, as probably most people are. But uh, I think one of the reasons I sometimes we get a drink when we go out is not so much to like make me feel better, but so that others in a like public space can see me, a dude that's visibly disabled, drinking a beer, like just having a cold one, you know? Yeah. Because it makes them feel, I think in my head, more comfortable with the notion that maybe I'm not so different and they can lower their level of like uncertainty about me. So let me ask you a question and I probably know the answer. Do you guys ever go out in the waitress or waiter ask him what you want to eat instead of asking you oh yeah it might have happened uh, like once i believe 
Yeah, I don't know if it's happened. Yeah, I don't know if it's ever happened when like we went out together to get something. Um, because we always go to the same spots, like here in town. Like everybody knows us, so there's not a whole lot of uh confusion about who I am locally. I'm I'm in a very small town. Um, but for instance, I've gone to like restaurants before with my grandparents, for example. Um, we went to like uh an Olive Garden. I remember one time, yeah. and the waitress asked me, like, "What would he like?" Instead of, you know, asking me directly. Uh, at one point, at the end of the meal, actually, everybody was done eating except for me, because of my condition. I take longer to eat. It's like a lot of work just to feed myself, um, physically. But I still try to do it because if I don't do it, then I lose the mobility I currently have, and so. Is it an ideal situation? No, but it is what it is. I live with it. And it's like you said, you got to come to it, uh, accept that. So for me, when I go out to eat, I take my time because I don't want to like tire myself out too much by trying to hurry and keep up with everybody else eating. So when we went out to the Olive Garden, everybody was done. The waitress came by and like started taking plates and I was chewing and she just like took my plate and I wasn't even done. I'm like, dude. <laughs> what? Yeah. Tragic. Oh. I, I I demand reparations, Olive Garden. <laughs> oh. I'm just kidding. I love your food. I love your pasta. I love your breadsticks, but you know, if you hear supposedly this. Supposedly endless. <laughs> supposedly <laughs> endless. Yeah. yeah exactly. Supposedly endless breadsticks. Um well, when the waitress comes up to to us, usually I'm the kind of person that orders last because I tend to socialize instead of actually looking at the menu. So when the waitress oh, yeah. pulls up, I do this thing where I make sharp eye contact with her, and then I look at Dom, and like, I'm uh, I'm essentially telling her that that her him them to just I'll ask him first, and usually that kind of eliminates that situation because honestly, most of the time I'm not ready. <laughs> oh, yeah. And usually, Dom's usually. Pretty, order you're usually pretty ready to order most of the time i'm like kind of ocd like i gotta know my order asap i i don't know i just i'm a very tensed up kind of guy like i gotta i gotta know what i'm having as soon as possible so i can order and not sound stupid so Stupid every once in a while. <laughs> Pull the old fashioned. Let me get a yeah big man. When I order, man, it's like oh shoot. Yeah, oh, happens to me all the time when like I, I kind of know what I want to order, but I forgot where it was on the menu. It's like, what would you like? I'm like, oh shoot, where was it? <laughs> now you had mentioned you were using a a Smith machine. So how do you train for an event with a disability? So most of the time I train out of my wheelchair, I kneel or do free weights or even on a Smith machine or regular machine that I adapt my workout. But I tend to not do a long workout. All you need is a 
Albert, that's it because if you overtrain your muscles, you won't see any results other than just training weird muscles out. Um, and yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, I I agree because um, I had a similar situation when I started going back to the gym where you have to work out efficiently and not overdo it because if you overdo it, you're not really, you can't magically put on an insane amount of muscle when your muscles already like worked out and it's yeah. like all all sore, all the lactic acids there, you know, there's no point in just beating it for no reason. <laughs> no. See, that's that's. That's the reason why I try I, I try not to work out too much. I don't I don't want to you know work out for no reason. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but okay, what really um pisses me off is when people are on one machine for half an hour on their cell phone. It's like. Are you serious? Just get off the machine, answer your friend, and let me use the machine. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. January yeah. is coming up. You know, all those new gym memberships. Oh, man. <laughs> it's oh, be don't rough. remind me. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be lines, especially when there's only like a few, like, when there's only one leg press, I'm like, oh man, it's over. Yeah. I have to wait. In oh, line. yeah. I have a leg press in a hot minute. Yeah. Yeah. I use that as an example because my gym only has the one and everybody uses it. I'm like, no. Um, and then the second part of that question is um, do you have any. Do you do any specialized training with coaches, or if, are there any spe coaches that specialize in training athletes with disabilities? So I have a friend that's a trainer, but most of the time I make up my own workout. I do this, this, this. I do probably three or four exercises and I stretch and then I end with abs. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Seems like the market is open for that business if you wanted to become a coach. <laughs> I wear too many hats right now. <laughs> I cannot oh. add one more thing on my list at the moment. <laughs> Understandable. And um, do you, I mean, funny enough, like the next question is, do you teach others uh, how to work out or uh, surrounding disabilities? Yeah, I've kind of seen like videos you've posted on socials and stuff where you show people that may be unaware how you work out. So, yeah, I think that's a, that's a good question. Well, the videos I post about my workouts is what I can do and not what I can't do because 
the assumption is, oh, he can't get out of his chair. Can he walk? Probably not. Okay, let me show you. Yeah. Then, yeah. This is kind of off topic, kind of not. I think uh, when I initially started following you, I think on LinkedIn, I connected with you through Jake. Yeah. And um, when I when I first saw some of your posts on LinkedIn, there was some guy in the comments arguing with you, saying how you weren't like you didn't have proper form or something. There's so many people do that, but not everyone will understand my body yeah. because I shake more. Can I help that? No. If right. I judge that person based on his form, I will just be as bad. So I believe that people need to realize people with disabilities can work out. It may take them a little more time, but they can just do anything at their own pace to be successful in the long run. Just like the business model says, yep. <laughs> I had one video about few years ago, my first walking video I posted in this one guy started going and he said that I was faking my walking. <laughs> and that video totally blew up my LinkedIn and that video has like over 3 million views. That's crazy. Something about like online controversy. That's what that's what me and Uriel were talking about to get the podcast blowing up. We need some oh. type of controversy. We need like to release an apology and to get popular. <laughs> well, it, for for another example, I produced my ser own series, and one of my episodes was I'm a strong advocate for people with disabilities. People would say, if you're a strong advocate, then stand up for yourself. I'm like, really? Damn. So that got 1.7 million views and I created a video where I stood up and I, all the haters and trolls shut their mouth. <laughs> so, yeah, that's yeah. dope. Yeah. All right. So a few more questions for you. You are obviously a very self-motivated person. So let me ask, what drives you to speak in front of large audiences for your business, for your public speaking business? I think one of the things that most 
brought me is like all the doubts and um people that think you can't do anything but that gives me the fire and energy to share my message more and help people understand about my lifestyle, my struggles, my accomplishments, and what my goals are for the future. That's awesome. And a kind of similar question, just going to ask it because, you know, I am trying to get into the public speaking world myself, obviously. And I know a lot of other people probably are too. So what advice do you have for those of us wanting to get into public speaking? What's your biggest piece of advice or tip? For me, um, since a young age, I've found my passion that I want to speak about than one of my mentors told me never label your passion as a job once you label a passion it's no longer fun and it's just work that's good to know that's really good information so Final question, what do you wish more people understood about individuals living with disabilities? I wish that they understood that we are just like them. We may take longer to do some stuff, but eventually we can do what you can do so why judge us because we have a disability love it exactly that's like when people judge me for taking too long to eat my olive garden pasta and take my plate oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, got any more questions tom think i'm good uh, we got some final plugs to do right yeah i mean Feel free to tell the people uh, where they can find you, Steve, you know, beyond disabilities. Let the people um, know. My website is beyond-disabilities.org. My Instagram and TikTok is no excuses, Steve. I typically do not respond to comments because I'm already working on the next video for the next week. And you get too immersed in the comments, it will get to your head too much and all the negativity will get to you. And um, I just love sharing my message with the world and my community keeps on growing. And I can't wait to see where I end up next. That's awesome. We do too, man. 
You're a, you're, you are a huge example of why Udi and I started this podcast so we could connect with people like you and put them on a platform where other people can see. So we're really hopeful that our community starts growing too some more. So that way more people can see not only our message, but yours too. Right. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. Thank you. Yeah, you know, we we barely talked with you from I think between planning this episode and including this episode, we've probably talked with you for no more than two or three hours. But it feels like we're best friends to me. And I consider you consider you to be a really cool dude. And I'm really hopeful that we can keep working with you in the future. We will keep working and I will help you guys out in any way I awesome dude thank you yeah all right guys well if you liked what we had to say today please leave us that rating a nice little review and be sure to share with your friends and family it doesn't take too long to do and it's a huge boost to our community so if you're not already be sure to follow us on instagram facebook and youtube at the disability myth peace and love And may the force be with you. I love it.